Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right. What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, it's a breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Not just me, from parts unknown across town, somewhere in the 865 area code. We've got the one, the only Patrick Brown. And Pat, uh, breaking news, I'll let you go ahead and, and break it down for the people. Why are we having this episode? Yes, Wes, the uh, long wait is over. Uh, the SEC has come out with the two additional uh, cross-division games for everybody on their 10-game SEC-only schedule for 2020. And Tennessee, uh, things have gotten harder. The Vols have added a trip to Auburn and a home game with Texas A&M uh, to their schedule uh, and now are set to play five of the top 13 teams that were in the uh, coaches' preseason poll that came out earlier this week. Yeah, uh, there were basically – there are two teams in the SEC that, that – it's an SEC schedule, so it's going to be tough regardless. But basically, there were six SEC teams in the top 13 of the coaches' poll. Arkansas will be playing all six now. Uh, Tennessee will be playing five of the six. The Vols were given a, a trip to Auburn for the second time, and I guess it'd be three years, I suppose, and yes. a home and a home game against A&M. So I guess that'll be A&M's first visit to Knoxville since coming into the league. Is that correct, Pat? That that is correct, and it's probably a little bit of a shame that it's going to happen in what was what might be a fifth or a quarter full at most Neyland Stadium. Yeah, if that, I mean, you know, we'll see how this thing goes. Hopefully, just the games can be played. But you, you know, it, it's I look at it like this: the SEC basically, and feel free to correct me here, Pat, if you don't agree with this. But I think the SEC had three options basically, when it was going to do this. It, it could either just fast-forward the schedule, uh, the non-division schedule, and have everybody play the next couple that were going to come up for them. For So for Tennessee, that would be, uh, I suppose, a trip to LSU and home game against Ole Miss. So if you did that, in theory, with all 14 teams in the league, you would have a, you know, you'd just be fast-forwarding the schedule. Problem there was that I suppose Florida and Alabama in that case would have had to play the top three teams from the other division, and I imagine they didn't want to do that. Not going to be a conspiracy theorist, but for whatever reason, that initial thought that a lot of us had went kaput, so they couldn't do that. So then they had two choices. They could either do something random and have like a drawing, basically, like a lottery system like they do in in the UEFA Champions League, which is now on CBS promo, and all that stuff, or they could try to kind of, I don't know if this is the right way to put it, but kind of play God and kind of step into the schedule and try to balance it out as best they could, looking at the eight teams that were already on there for everybody and trying to add two more that would give a a fair and equitable schedule for everyone involved. And so by doing that, I think the SEC opened itself up for criticism because no matter what they did, they were going to upset people. 
because if they had uh, – you're going to have teams that are going to like their schedule, the the two new teams, and you're going to have teams that hate theirs. And, you know, i got to be honest with you, Pat, there were probably a a handful of of winners and a handful of losers in this thing and then a handful in the middle. Uh, Tennessee was not a winner in this. Tennessee, depending on which way you look at it, Tennessee got, you know, about as tough as it could have been, maybe the second toughest possible outcome Tennessee had. Well, I think there's two ways of looking at this from, from Tennessee's standpoint. First of all, you could say that the, the league did them no favors. I mean, you, Tennessee was supposed to play originally. They were going to play four top 10 teams and 12 games. Well, now they're going to play five top 15 teams and 10 games. So uh, if Tennessee thought for a minute that uh, they might get a reprieve with not having to go to Oklahoma, um, it was probably understandable to expect one of those teams. Tennessee West is generally pretty good. It's a top-heavy yeah, kind of division. Sure. So you were going to get one of LSU, A&M, or Auburn, and you were just hoping that you weren't one of the teams that got both of them, and Tennessee's going to get both of them. But uh, from the SEC standpoint, I mean, it's a joke. Let's just be honest. Let's call it what it is. I mean, uh, if you're going to sit there and and beat Greg Sankey, you're going to tell your athletic directors that, uh, hey, we need to make this new schedule fair and equitable, and then you're going to go and give Arkansas is going to have to play Georgia and Florida, uh, and you gave Missouri, Alabama, and LSU – Wow, you look at who Georgia got. Georgia got Arkansas and Mississippi State, the two worst teams probably in the West this season. Um, and then Alabama got Kentucky, who's underrated. It's probably, you know, this isn't mid-90s Kentucky. I agree. Uh, but Alabama gets Missouri and Kentucky. I mean, it, it, look, come on. I mean, that's a joke. I mean, it, it's just ridiculous that that they've um, – I think Jake Rowe from our Georgia side mentioned that there were some sacrificial lambs uh, in the SEC. And, and it's hard not to look at all uh, Arkansas and Missouri and be like, I mean, that's just brutal. Um but yeah, welcome to the league, uh, Eli yeah. Drinkwitz and uh, and Sam Pittman. Well, welcome to yeah, being I mean, an SEC head coach. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it looks, it reeks of of trying to protect your your big name teams. And so, um, I'm not sure, Wes, if you have a handy who Florida actually got. Flor- um, Florida got Arkansas and A and M. So Florida got kind of a, a so- softer draw, not not the Florida, softest it could have been, but but pretty soft. And Florida plays LSU. Uh, every year who else was on their show and they play Auburn right was yes. Auburn no I think Auburn was on their schedule last season so um but I mean it's just I mean and, and let's not forget LSU was given Missouri and Vanderbilt well then there you go I mean I, 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 mean, I mean that's you know that uh, that's in Flor- uh, Florida gets Arkansas and A&M so you've basically given the three easiest schedules to arguably the top three teams in the league got the two got the three easiest paths possible with this thing and then florida was given you know one of the softer possibilities whereas tennessee and a&m are both pretty good teams who got kind of screwed in this yeah and, and florida's supposed to play old miss that was their other game plus lsu so uh yeah i mean if you know if you're tennessee you're probably thinking other than the other than the two first year coaches arkansas and missouri who were just served up um you know uh, served up on a platter to the, to the two best teams in the league. Uh, you know, Tennessee's probably right there in terms of feeling aggrieved by it. And, and, you know, but that's, you know, you, you knew the schedule was going to get tougher because you gone, you're going from playing some uh, non-conference opponents some group of five teams and FCS team to playing sure. two SEC teams. You knew it was going to get tougher. I mean, you, you mentioned it, that that's the nature of playing in this league, but uh, I don't know. What does it say about what the league's intentions are? I don't know what it says about who has the most pull, uh, that, you know, some of these teams, and, and you mentioned, it, I mean, there, there was literally no way they were going to get all 14 athletic directors to agree and leave a meeting and feel like the schedule is, uh, has everybody happy and smiling. But 
Yeah, w- w- uh, which is why I wonder why they didn't just go ahead and either just fast forward the schedule so you can say, hey, you may not like it, but that's just the rotation that was set decades in, or years in advance, and here it is. Or you could say, here's a live random drawing so no one can complain. You know, it's like the, the way the ball bounces your way or it doesn't, like in a game. But the way they do it this way, by doing it this way, Pat, I think they specifically open themselves up for criticism. Well, Florida and Alabama didn't want to use the next two seasons um, because they were playing each other and Florida was playing A&M. So Florida would have gotten A&M uh, and Alabama and Georgia would have gotten Arkansas and Mississippi State who they got anyway. Um, and so, you know, they would object to that. Um, you know, I think Georgia would have object- objected to something too. Cause I think LSU, they would have objected to using the past two um, seasons, which uh, was another thing that was thrown out there, I think by somebody. Um, using the rotations from 2024 and 2025, which, in other words, was the teams that you just played last season and the season before. Uh, for uh, for Georgia, that would have been Texas A&M and LSU. They weren't going to go for that. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a way to I, – I just think there's probably a better way to have gotten a uh, a quote-unquote fair and equitable, which, uh, according to Philip Fulmer, was what Greg Sankey was telling the, the league's ADs to say, hey, we want to try to come up with a schedule that's fair and equitable – uh, this one is not fair and equitable. Um, they could have arrived, you know, you could have gotten to this schedule. You know, if you'd have done this one and done it in a, in a lottery, like we have both said on this podcast that the league should have done, then yes. there would have been all the frozen envelope conspiracies, but that would have been, that would have been entertaining. This is just like, Oh, I mean, of course. So, uh, but from Tennessee standpoint, um, you know, are these games not, they're not as hard as, as, as Florida, Georgia, Alabama to me. I mean, we know no, Jeremy they're, not. A, they're not. We know Jeremy Pruitt's got a, a good record against Auburn. Tennessee went down there two years ago and won with a, a much worse team than they're going to have this season. Um, and, and Texas A&M is, you know, they've got a lot of talent, but, uh, you know, they haven't really sort of taken off yet under Jimbo Fisher. So um, th- those are games that Tennessee can win. And so if you're Tennessee, you're just like, okay, we got what we got. Let's go. And, and if you're if you're the players on the team, you should be fired up to, to, for these opportunity games. And that's the way to look at this. And that, I think that's um, something that you mentioned uh, in your column is that, you know, these kind of games are opportunities. These are opportunities for, for you to go and put your program uh, on the map. And um, it's unique. This is going to be a unique season. Um, but for Tennessee, if you're looking to sort of take the next step, uh, last season you you sort of elevated yourself within your division. Now you have a chance to elevate yourself in the SEC as a whole. You have a chance to go from, maybe the seventh or eighth best team to be in a, you know, a fourth or fifth best team. Uh, if you can handle both of the two new bonuses that you've been uh, given so uh, nicely by the SEC. Yeah. I think that, and my point is that, you know, when I, when I say stepping in and, and playing God, I know it's a loaded word, but I mean, what I'm trying to say is that they're trying to look at the schedule and, and before a season even starts, they're trying to say, okay, these guys are going to be this good. These guys are going to be that good. This is the eight teams they already had. How can we make this more fair? But by doing that, you're, you're trying to put your finger on the pulse of something that is not alive yet. You, you don't know necessarily, you know, will one of these, you know, could, could something screwy happen? Like Mike Leach comes in and, and Mississippi State starts putting up 500 passing yards a game and they start winning games and Lane Kiffin gets Ole Miss going and, you know, or, or something like, you know, randomly Auburn or A&M just falls apart, something like that. You don't know what's going to happen until a season is played. So when you're stepping in and trying to enforce some sort of fairness into the schedule, that's what I have a problem with because I, I don't think that the 
that just doesn't add up to me, you know, and I don't know, there may have been logistical concerns. There may have been other concerns that we are not privy to uh, yet. So I I don't want to just completely throw the league under the bus. Um, But uh, before we move on, I just, my my issue was that you can't try to sort of enforce fairness uh, because when you do this, you're setting up a situation where, this is a joke because the three best, you know, supposedly best teams in the league get the three supposedly softest addendums to their schedule. So you're opening yourself up for this when you didn't have to do that. And that's, that's what I have an issue with because they've sort of manufactured controversy here. There didn't have to be controversy here. You could have just gone, screw it. This is the format. These were the next two. This is what you get. Or, you know, we're going to put a bunch of ping pong balls in here. We're going to draw them on live television. So that process, you can't complain with what happens. You know, that's just a ping pong ball bouncing your way. That could be explainable. Now you've just manufactured crisis when you didn't have to do that. But moving on, I, I think there there is some reason for Tennessee here. As you said, Pat, this is not, it's not terrible when you look at a couple of factors. One, uh, we don't have the numbers on hand, but... Jeremy Pruitt's defenses against Gus Malzahn's offenses, that's been a matchup Pruitt has won more often than not throughout his career, including a couple of years ago with a Tennessee defense that just did not have a ton of talent uh, and really kind of bottled up that Auburn offense for a lot of that game, and they won that game, kind of shocked them. And you can call that a fluke. As Feinbaum said earlier tonight, I, I get it. it. Maybe it was, but when you look historically at the way Tennessee or, or you know Pruitt in particular has matched up with Auburn, that's not really a fluke. Then A&M, as you mentioned, Pat, they don't really have everything together yet. Jimbo Fisher's being paid – just an unbelievable amount of money uh, and his resume suggests that's fine that's what you pay a guy like that but they haven't turned the corner yet at AM. they've recruited well um, you know that they look like a team that you know you can see them going in a better direction but they got to go out there and prove it like Tennessee does so I, I don't I don't think this is impossible when you look at it that way Pat I think it's you know hey if you got to go to Auburn anyway hey Jordan here not sold out that's not so bad uh, you know, getting A&M to come to Neyland, it would have been nice for them to have a real Neyland experience for their first time coming to Knoxville. But, hey, you know, I, I just think this is terrible. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's not – here's what I'm saying, Pat. I'm going to turn the floor over to you. I don't think this is it, – it's not – it's an opportunity as much as anything because you're getting two brand-name opponents who maybe you got a pretty good chance of beating. Yeah, and it's like I said, I mean, it's 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 Tennessee's opportunity to go from the seventh best team in, in the SEC to the fourth best team in the SEC or fifth best team. You know, they have a chance to move ahead of some of these teams. And uh, we know that uh, Tennessee and Auburn every year are battling for a lot of the same recruits. Yes. Um, Tennessee has gone into Alabama. They've got commitments from Dylan Brooks. They've got commitments from Rock Taylor. Uh, I think Isaac Washington is another guy that, that Tennessee got committed early. Uh, that Auburn has has come in and offered and, and recruited. And um, so that that anytime Tennessee plays Auburn, that that's a big game because there's a lot of recruiting involved in that series. And there's a lot of history in that series. Yes, you know, those yes, two teams used to play every year. Uh, the traditionalists and both fan bases remember uh, a lot of those great games, especially in the 80, late 80s, early 90s, um, and even before then. So, um, and if you're looking at personnel for these teams we mentioned you know Pruitt I don't want to say he has Gus Malzahn's number I don't know that Pruitt would say that he has Gus Malzahn's number he, yeah, he definitely wouldn't say it publicly he, I know that he he knows you know he, he's gone up against it enough times to to know what to expect 
Um, Tennessee has a lot of players from that 2018, 2018 team that are still here. And so they're not going to be John, you know, they're not going to be, Oh God, we got to go play at Auburn. They're not, they're not going to, you know, th- that's not going to be their reaction. I mean, we've already seen, you know, Alante Taylor tweeting, all right, round two. And he, he, he grabbed a, a, a clip of his touchdown uh, in the upset from uh, two yep. years ago. So, you know, they're not going to be daunted by that. And looking at, again, looking at the teams, Auburn lost a lot on the offensive and defensive lines, and that's potential strength for Tennessee um, on either side of the line of scrimmage. So um, yeah, maybe the, that the, is – Those Auburn D linemen were no joke last year. Those if, guys were it, massive. Yeah, if, if you want to say that maybe A&M is the replacement for Oklahoma and maybe Auburn is – maybe you know the, the other team that's involved i think you could probably say that i'm not saying that tennessee and auburn's a toss-up game uh, auburn will probably be favored unless that game is late in the season and who knows with auburn the, th- the thing with auburn is you never really know you never have any idea <laughs> when they're not supposed to be good they're really good and when uh they're supposed to be really good they kind of they kind of flop so and even last season they beat alabama but then they turn around and minnesota beats them pretty good in the outback bowl so you, you just you know with they're just the most unpredictable team I think A&M is still I, – I don't, honestly don't know as much about A&M just because Tennessee is – you know, that game has not been on Tennessee's radar. Uh, it's not a team that probably a lot of us have paid attention to, but there will be a lot of familiarity with the Jimbo Fisher. Uh, Jay Graham, obviously, having just come over from A&M, will um, – you know, he'll, he'll know the personnel there. Uh, so – and hey, that that's uh, that that's the that's a I guess you could say a reunion of the brain trust that won Florida State a national yeah. title. Yeah, there, there's there's familiarity there, and and you know this will be the first time I think that they've gone up against each other. Mm-hmm. I think um, so. So, uh, you know the, the thing with a And M game to me is it's a shame that that AM's first game at Neyland Stadium is is going to be where there's not going to be any road fans, obviously, unless you know there's some enterprising A and M fans that want to somehow find their way their hands on some tickets uh, or get their hands on some of the limit tickets that might be they made. got a lot of money down there they so, might have a way to do um, that that's a very very wealthy athletic department so i mean th- you're looking at you know they joined the league in 2012 2023 was going to be the first time they played in the same they were, that fan base was going to get fired up for that game uh, it was going to be sort of a unique uh, you know cross intersectional game that you don't see a lot so um in terms of the team you know i Aiden played a lot of freshmen last year. They had a, two really good recruiting classes the past two years. Um, I think Jimbo Fisher has injected some life and some some talent into that roster. And he's a good uh, offensive coach. He is. He, and you've got nine – I think they've lost nine games over the past two years. I think seven of those teams were in the top ten. So they've lost some games that pretty much everybody would lose. You know, Alabama twice, Clemson twice, LSU last year. So um, – but, you know, if you, again – if you're Tennessee at this point, year three with Jeremy Pruitt, you should be thinking these are opportunity games. These are these are games where we can go and put ourselves on the map. And you know, we had, we had the podcast discussion the other day talking about where Tennessee should be. Should they be ranked? Should they be ranked? All these things. You go and beat Auburn and Texas A&M. You know, you're you're going to probably be ranked at the end of the year because at worst at that point you're seven and three if you handle if you handle your business in your other games. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, Tennessee their 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 options were this: they were either going to get one of Auburn, LSU, and AM, and one of Ole Miss, Mississippi State, or they were going to get two from the aforementioned group. So they ended up with two. Let's go. Let's go play the games. That, that's that's what your mindset's got to be if you're if you're Tennessee. And I'm sure Jeremy Pruitt is maybe after some initial ringing, you know, hand wringing over what some of the other teams in the league got is probably saying, "All right, this is a big opportunity for our program." Yeah, I can I can give you a pretty decent 
a pretty decent guess on what Pruitt's reaction was. My my guess would be that he you, you may have had some uh some some table pounding at first. <laughs> you know, you, you may have had a couple of choice words at first, but after that he's gonna be like, All right, all right, let's go. I, I mean, that's how he's gonna be too, Pat. He's probably watching AM film right now. Yeah, uh, he probably is. I mean, he, you know, and, and here's here's the weird thing too. We we needed to mention this. I, I think we did, but I, I'm not positive we did, if I'm being honest. I, I know that Tennessee was originally scheduled to open SEC play against Florida. I don't know now if that's going to be the case. We don't know when these games are going to be played. We don't know the order. The SEC said it might take a couple of weeks for some reason to announce that, which is seems like it'll take them however long Nick Saban needs to get Alabama schedule how they want it. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean that's, that's what that, that's what this thing's about. You've opened yourself up for conspiracy theories that you didn't have to do. That's what I don't understand. It's like you know I, I don't I don't you know have kids yet, but it's like you, you see parents say things like to their kids, "You didn't have to do it this way. You've made this a problem when it didn't have to be one." And that's that's sort of what this thing is. But you know what? We'll see what the schedule is, and we'll see how Tennessee handles it. I, I think it's it's challenging, but I think it's also fun. I mean, let's just you know, knock on wood. Hopefully, they get to play these games. You know, ho- hopefully this hopefully this gets to happen. Everybody, keep doing your job. You know, do whatever you can do. You know, social distancing, mask wearing, wash your hands, be careful, be aware of your surroundings. Do what you can do. We're all in this together. It's corny, but it's true. And maybe we'll get to see these games played. So, Pat, you got anything else? No, that's it. I think that's it, man. Appreciate it. Yep. Guys, thanks for tuning in. As always, if I can go ahead and get to that button, can I get to it? There we go. Thanks for listening. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. You can also get all of us at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. If you want just Tennessee news, you can go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7, where there's mostly Tennessee news, but also a lot of interesting stuff from across the league and across college football. Or you can go directly to the source, that delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring Water right there at govals247.com. All kinds of good deals, always If you sign up as a new member, and if you're a current member, or if you want to pay us full price, you get free access to CBS All Access, which means you could have watched the Champions League games on Friday. You could watch the games tomorrow. Uh, You got everything from from MTV and from BET and from Smithsonian and just all kind Nickelodeon for the kids. Uh, All kinds of fun stuff there, plus everything that CBS has ever done. Every show, new movies in there all the time, a lot of classic movies in there. Some good stuff. So go check that out if you're a GoBoss 24-7 member because that's $100 that we put in your pocket every year for free. And if nothing else, uh, no other breaking news happens, you will hear from us again on Monday. See ya. Write and review the podcast. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 